Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. So we've been having a wonderful week together. So for the last four days leading up to today, I've been with Pastor Stephen Cox, the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina. We've certainly heard a lot about his ministry and what he's done, but there's so much more. So make sure you look him up at Facebook and Twitter. Follow him around. He preaches in some other places. He comes along churches and helps them out. And good family man. I got to meet his wife and his children just quickly a, a couple weeks ago, but make sure you hang on with him. You go out there and you follow him on Facebook and Twitter, and just figure out what's going on and keep up with them. Make sure you do the same with the Wounded Spirits page. If there's anything we can do for you, please look us up at uh, Help the Wounded Spirits. Drop us a private message there on Facebook, and you can send me a message at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. I want to talk to your TV show. I want to talk to you. The retreat we're going to be building there in Indiana. we got some big moves happening in July. Even as I speak right now, a lawyer is sitting down, looking at the documents, figuring out the purchase and all the different things going on, and boy, do we need your prayers. Boy, do we need your help. So uh, get a hold of us. Drop me a line. We'd love to do that with you. So today's word, Pastor, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being with us this week. And thank you. Welcome back. Joy. Happy been, Friday. It is. It's been quick. Yeah, yeah. It's been great. Yeah. So the word we're coming to is hurt. So I, I told these folks the other day, I said, before I had the university of hurt, before I had the university of pain that only God can give me, I was a different human being. You know, somewhere along the way, being hurt, somewhere along the way, I saw, and so both sides of this, hurt can be an injury uh, in many ways. We can be hurt with our psyche. We can be hurt by people, people doing us wrong. Uh, we've talked about narcissists and what they do, the control freakiness, the, the love bomb, and then treating you like dirt, making you feel no good. That's a hurt, uh, being hurt by loved ones, things of that nature. And then we got the hurt that causes pain, but no matter what they are, can I tell you something? Uh, that university that God puts you through, he doesn't use that trial for nothing. Uh, there's a reason we're going through this trial. When you come out on the other side, you know what? You're more godly. When you come out on the other side of that, can I tell you, you have more empathy for people. When you come out on the other side, you know this weird thing happens. You're in church and the pastor can be talking about his kid and you start crying for no reason at all because God starts working on your heart. You're tender. But folks, some people reject the university of pain. Some people reject the hurt, that trial that God gives us. And, and that's a mistake. When we realize that those trials are going to build us, they're going to make us better. God reminds us over in the book of Romans uh, chapter 8, verse number 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. He's saying, listen, you may be going through the biggest junk in the world, but God wants to remind us about the other side. And folks, we're on this earth for a short while. It's just but a vapor, isn't it, Pastor? Just a vapor and only a short while, but there's glory on the other side. That's it. And the hurts will just be temporal. Yeah. And uh, there was a lady that came up to me uh, last Wednesday night and she said her husband had passed away last October, and she oh. said, uh, she said, uh, preacher, a, a woman reached out to me this week whose husband has recently passed away and wanted to see if I would go lunch with her. What do you think about that? And I said, listen, that is turning your hurt 
into a victory. You're yes. going to help this woman mm. through because she knew what 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 uh, this woman was going through. And so that's exactly what I feel like you were just explaining. Right, is that we can take this pain and this hurt and we can turn it into the glory of God for the glory of God uh, in helping other people. And, and yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. No, I agree. And you know, maybe even, you know, I got to tell you. So journaling. And, and I know you're saying, Doug, you know, this is kind of a stretch. Journal what you've been through. Uh, think about those lonely times. Write down when that you can't sleep that night and things are terrible and the world seems upside down. Then write down when God pulled you out of it and the verses that helped you. And, and, and folks, that's a fountain of information. And it just flows into you when those times happen again. Or, or this wonderful lady. I, I think I actually met this lady. Uh, what a wonderful lady. One of the most outgoing. I think she was there the night I was there yeah, yeah. and told us her husband had passed away. And she was just flowing with information to us. And, you know, the first person to run up and shake our hand. We didn't even make it in the building. Uh, she made eye contact at 10 yards and was on top of us. I'm yeah. just, I'm just being honest. I said, man, they're training people around here. Man. <laughs> that lady's not even letting us in the building without, uh, you know, assuring us yeah. or, uh, that uh, we're welcome and uh, introducing us. And she took us over to people sitting in the pews and said, this is so-and-so, man. Yeah. And, and this is so-and-so. So, so, you know, write these things down, chronicle them, think about what you've been through and how you can help someone else go through that. And, you know, the things that you've went through, they, they, they get a little bit easier to deal with when you're looking at that. In this case, here's a lady who's just went through it. And that other lady saying, yeah, I remember those first days. I remember how I relied so hard on God. I remember this verse was a great blessing to me. And, and folks, I think that's the exchange. Yeah. I think we exchange God's word and we pay it forward and we love people. And, and, and there's a reason for all this, Pastor. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Uh, you, there's so many hurting people out here that we can actually, I've never had a spouse pass away. Mm. But th so, so when someone comes to me and says, you know, pastor, can you help me? I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll help you through God's word and I'll yeah. be there for you. But how much more could a person help that's actually walked that journey? Yeah. And so they can, and it helps them too. I yeah. mean, when they, when they're actually talking about it and, and I think it actually helps them and gives them some purpose. Yeah. 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 I healing, uh, I'm telling you folks, it's, it's helping's part of that. Yeah. And, uh, so it does help you exactly what the pastor said. So, so focus on those things. I believe God's going to use that in a wonderful way that he's going to use the things you've been through and don't think, well, I've been through this. I'm of no value or I'm not, you know, I haven't been to Bible college. Can I tell you something? Some of the people who've changed my life is that guy who's at, at the church, the first one with the key who opens the door, sets up his Sunday school room, you know, puts those PowerPoints that he worked on for three days, has his Sunday school class, passes out those handouts, hugs everybody, has a fresh pot of coffee, and sits there and talks about how God changed his life. Every single time in my life when I left the church, other than the day I got saved, every single time when I left the church completely different, wrung out, beat up, thinking that I'm a worm, but God is great and I need to follow him. When my life had, it, it would gain, uh, you know, perspective. It would gain a, a greater love for God every single time that was sitting in a Sunday school classroom. I'm not lying to you folks. I'm just being honest with you. I've heard great messages. I've went to the altar and surrendered to be a missionary. I, uh, we planted a church in New York, man. We went to the altar and did that. But when I'm telling you that 
foundation to plant that church happened in a Sunday school room with an 81-year-old World War II veteran crying up there talking about what a church did for him when it came to his community. Folks, don't ever downplay what you can do for people when they show up at your church, when they show up at your home. I remember that World War II veteran. I remember tears flowing all over the top of me when he would stand up there and cry and talk about what God did in his life. He'd share a verse or two and start crying again. This guy cried all the time. He said, you know, I cry all the time. We said, we got it. Just keep going, man. What's next? Folks, you can make a difference. That's all I want to say to you. I didn't want to give you an elaborate story or anything, but I'm here to tell you a couple things. Uh, And a couple things are there's pain, there's hurt. God's going to get you through it. And boy, he's going to use you. And that's going to be part of your healing. And don't be afraid to be used by God. And don't say, well, I need this education. I need that. Stop that. You know, that World War II tail gunner with a seventh grade education who retired from a mill down the road, he did more for the cause of God than I probably ever will in my life. So, so listen, folks, there's a lot you got to give. And here we are. We're looking at uh, verse number 14. We're in the 21st proverb as we continue on. It says, the gift in secret pacifieth anger and a reward in the bosom of the strong wrath. So here's what's going on. We're talking about a bribe type of gift. You know, people always want to say, hey, you know, uh, so I used to be in charge of contracts. My last job in the army, I was in retention. I was a sergeant major in Europe and we had a contract. We had a couple contracts here and a couple contracts there. And, you know, we had contracts with German people who provided materials for us to hand out shirts, jackets, whatever the case may be. People would come over to my office and say, Hey, we got this leather jacket for you. We'd love to take you to lunch. And I, it just didn't feel right. And I said, you know what? I really like your stuff. I've used you. We got a contract with you for the next year or so. I'll go to lunch with you, but why don't we pay our own bill? And, you know, keep that jacket because it's not going to fit. I'm tall. I'm, I kind of, I'm built like an orangutan. You know, my hands are standing straight. My hands, I can itch my ankles without having to bend over. So uh, things never fit anyway. But what are you thinking here, Pastor? Those secret gifts, those bribes, those bad things? Yeah, it's never, you know, the word bribe, it just brings a, a negative, you know, sound to a, a, a word. And it's never, I don't think it's ever right to bribe anything. Uh, a gift may... As the Bible says in verse 14, in secret, it may pacify anger for a bit. Um, you know, being nice to someone or having something for them may make them a little less angry at you or yeah. or treat you differently. But, but when we bribe our way through life and we're constantly wanting to get ahead because of what we can do for someone, I do feel like um, it, it's, it, it turns, as the Bible says, uh, in the bosom strong wrath. So that's not a good thing either. Uh, I feel like we need to be use wisdom in the area of our gifts, secret gifts, anything. Um, you know, when we're we're doing things behind the curtains, like taking somebody behind the. Hey, I remember went going to a conference one time, and and this is not. I, this may be out and uh, somewhat chasing a rabbit, but not really. I, I was at a conference, and I remember we, me and a couple other preachers were in the back with our wives, and this. It was a big conference, and this um, this assistant for this pastor uh, brought his his assistant came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, uh, we have uh, we have uh, seats up front for you and uh, for your guest." And uh, well, basically, what they were saying was, "If you'll come up and let everybody see you, we want people to see that you're here." Yeah. And and I I, I of course refused it, and I'm not a peer tooting my horn, but I, I said, "You know what? Uh, I'd rather you know just." just sit back here and not let people see us because it, it seemed to me a little, 
uh, shady that they wanted, they had these special seats for us up here and wanted people to see it. And so to me, not saying that that was wrong, but I feel like sometimes it's just in question. It just doesn't feel right. It don't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey folks, we're going to turn around. We're going to go ahead and let our stations identify themselves, maybe play a commercial or two, but we'll be right back. Thanks for hanging with us. And, uh, you know, what an example. One of the things in the Army that I always thought was a good idea, I didn't like it, uh, but there was a $50 limit. So, for instance, in 1996, so many of you know I have a connection with Ukraine, and, and in 1996, the Army sent me over there on temporary duty. So, in 1989 to 1990, the wall fell. And about 1996, finally, Ukraine had sought and received their independence from the Soviet Union. And in 1996, they started the military, and we were sent over there to help them show how we did administrative stuff, the systems we use. We gave them stuff that wasn't top secret stuff, you know, old stuff that would really be helpful to them, how to track soldiers, how to do those, how to recruit people. Because, uh, you know, up to that point, it's like, you're drafted, you know, you're healthy. You, 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 you get lucky. You're number five. We don't need you today. And so it was a whole completely different world. And 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 they were just so kind to us. But even before we went over there, the, the American government was sharp in our command. And, and, and they sent over thousands of dollars to cover our meals, to cover our lodging. And uh, so they said, you're not taking any gifts. You're going to be staying in a nice hotel. All your meals are covered. You know, we paid for everything. We gave them full per diem money. And so you go ahead and take those. Well, when we left, and so I was the only enlisted man out of a bunch of group of people that went over there. And and I did a lot of work on different systems. There was a general with me, a dear friend of mine named Timothy J. Maud. Some of you may remember that. General Maud was the one that was killed at the Pentagon on September 11th when the plane hit the building. He was a three-star general, and we had went to Ukraine. He was a one-star general. And uh, I, I remember that uh, when we went to leave, the word came down they were giving somebody a medal. And I'm like, whoa, you know, the general's getting himself a medal. You know, I was kind of hopped up for him. He's a good guy, Christian guy. He's a real good guy. Loved him. And uh, uh, looked forward to seeing him in heaven. And, uh, but they, they called me forward. And they, they pinned a gold medal on me. And uh, uh, it's a medal for military service to the nation of Ukraine. I'm the first foreign service person. I think I was only the second person in history to get the medal. The medal was developed for the military that just happened. Well, I had to tell the Ukraine people, I can't take the gold one. And, uh, and they got it. You know, the general pinned it on me. He says, oh, I got this, you Americans. You're so honest. And uh, they went and they came back with a brass. It kind of had some plastic over the top of it. You could tell it was mass produced in China or something. Yeah. They, they said, here you go. And I, that metal somewhere around the house here. But I wanted to follow that rule. I, I didn't want to go back and say, hey, they bribed me, you know. And they had nothing to bribe me for. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know why they gave me a medal because, you know, I think my only contribution over there was saying it's okay to be human. It's okay for humanity to come in and, and Christianity to come into the military because they had just come from a Soviet Union. They told me people didn't even smile in the Soviet military. Right. It, it, that was seen as weakness. And all of a sudden, we're having a hot dog eating contest over there, brother. Yeah. You know, we're doing things. Where, so they, I went over there, so our church. So I said, I want to take something from the church. So I had a whole suitcase, and all it was was like what we'd call penny candy, which is like quarter candy, now, right. you know. Yeah. And uh, that thing was filled. And uh, So I had a guy I went with. He was uh, a translator. I had him go through and count the candy because I realized there were millions of people living there in Kiev uh, that all wanted that candy. And so the, the thought was from the church was, 
you know, we wanted to make sure that candy got to school kids. Well, I got the word out, and another guy had brought a suitcase full of candy, this, this colonel did. And so he came to me, and he said, listen, you're responsible for this candy. So we went through all this candy. We had, like, uh, I don't know, 2,400 pieces of candy, let's say. And there were two local elementary schools and ministers, everybody like that. And they were, you know, normal-sized candy bar kind of thing, but not like the $3 ones. They'd be like the 90-cent ones you get at Kohl's on sale. But anyway, we uh, uh, we found out that if we went near the elementary schools on our side of Kiev, we had exactly enough candy bars for the teachers, the kids, and stuff like that. So I went and gave them all away. I got rid of them right, right away because, you know, my mission was get rid of those candy bars, give them to school kids. I'm not going out on the road and give them to school kids. I went over to school. I shared the gospel with everybody. Principal brought everybody into a room. We're passing out candy, and I'm telling them how a local church gave that candy to them, and God loved them, and Jesus died for them. And there's a guy translating as quick as I'm talking. I mean, every time I stop, he'd be done. You know, he kept up with me, man. So I shared the gospel with him. I had to raise a hand if they wanted to get saved. We got in the car with the, with the last 1,200 pieces or whatever was left, went down to the next elementary school. He had already got word we're coming. They had everybody in the auditorium. And he'll give it wow. teachers. We're handing out candy to everybody in these elementary schools and stuff. And I'm up there sharing the gospel. Wow. And, uh, and I couldn't believe it. So I get back to the room and the general stops by. He says, he says hey, Doug, he says, have you figured out how you're going to distribute the candy yet? He says, I got some ideas for you. I said, general, you gave me a mission, man. You said school kids. Two elementary schools right now have Hershey chocolate all around their lips, man. Wow. <laughs> They're all gone. We gave That's them to amazing. the teachers. We had four or five left. We'll give them to janitors. We'll give them to people on the street. But I think, uh, you know, and again, I, I went a long way. I took a rabbit trail and that's okay. That's part of being a preacher. But look at this next verse. It says over here, it is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be of the workers of inequity. And, uh, you know, I looked at that verse and I was looking at it this morning before we got going and it, it is joy to the just to do judgment. It's a, it's a good thing. It makes yeah. us happy where, you know, we're, we're, we're getting things right. Things are being handled properly. Yeah. And, and that's a joyful thing, folks, when things are doing right. Uh, but destruction, again, will come to the workers of inequity. Destruction, again, will come to those evil things. And boy, we've seen that, haven't we? Oh, we have. Uh, it, joy was one of our words of the day earlier this week. Yeah. And, and so joy is, a, is associated to the just, the, the, the righteous, those that are godly, and they do the right thing. There's judgment involved, and it's just, it's right. And uh, and then and then the opposite is said in that verse where the uh, destruction uh, shall be to the workers of iniquity. So those that are iniquity, sinful behavior, God's going to cast judgment upon them, but it's also going to be destruction. Yeah. So you really have you know two like a contrast in that in that verse where the just have the joy of God in them. They're doing judgment. They're doing right. And then, of course, you have the the, the uh, destruction that's associated with iniquity. Right. And over and over again today, that's what we've seen. Yeah, it's really you, it. You know, you ride down the right road. Yeah. And uh, you ride with God. And he's not, by the way, he's not our co-pilot. Right. He, he's not a passenger. He's driving, man. And uh, you, get in that, you get in that bus with God and you just step out and you just go. Man, I've seen things in my life when, when we trust God. And I've seen things in my life where I've said, is this of God? I, I have a friend of mine, Pastor. I, I want you to comment on this because I think there's, and I don't think my friend's listening. As a matter of fact, I know he's not. But I, I have a friend of mine and he feels like it's God's will for him to preach and stuff. So he joins a church and you know, they make him the unpaid assistant pastor. He's this, they give him a credit and stuff and all that. And pastor said, you know, when I retire, you get to church. Everything's going to be yours. Look around, start telling the church all that. And then the pastor retired, hired a guy down the road. 
And uh, so a friend of mine said, uh, boy, I don't know what to do. I said, well, brother, did God call you to preach? Yeah, I should be preaching right now. But I'm waiting for God to tell me to leave the church. So, so I'm asking you this, brother. This is a tough question. It's for a lot of us. Uh, you know, if God's called us to do something, aren't we required to do that? I mean, aren't we? Absolutely. The, the calling of God, is, the Bible says, is without repentance. So God doesn't change his mind. Uh, if God has called us like he called you and I right. into the ministry, you're yeah. doing uh, exactly what God called you to do. You're helping people. You're preaching yeah. on a podcast. Your 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 podcast is going to go to, to, to radio stations. It's going to go all other. No, no doubt this Sunday you'll be preaching somewhere as you do yeah. all the time. And, and I do too weekly. I preach at Bible Baptist Church. God called me there, and that's what I am to do. But sometimes... Uh, in life and in ministry, there's there's things, and it's disappointing, you know, when when something doesn't work out the way that you had envisioned. But it doesn't change God's plan. Uh, God does not change His mind. He called you to preach, right? And here's the way that I look at it: when there's a waiting season, and there's a season where there's some fog, and and there's some season where you don't know the next step, wait on the Lord. But at the same time, let's still preach. Yeah, find somewhere to go. You know, yeah. fi- find find somewhere to, to, to preach the gospel. Nursing homes, yeah, uh, kids' homes, yeah, different, I mean, different places. I'm telling you, we we uh, we were so blessed in Watertown, New York, and we were stationed at Fort Drum, New York. There was a, a Samaritan, good Samaritan nursing home. It was a there was a Catholic nursing home there, and they had nobody doing preaching on Sundays or something. And so they came to the church and said, "Hey, can you guys?" And they said, "Yeah, you can have Doug." You know, I'm a young guy. I've been saved a few years. I'm studying as much as I can. And they're like, Doug, here's your job. Go preach to those people. Uh, man, I can't tell you, friends, how many, how, how many lives that I, that I watched God touch through his word. And it really didn't have nothing to do with me. I was just this vessel that was willing to open up the word of God. I wasn't, I wasn't even polished. I, I, I wasn't even trained. I mean, but I would go and, and we'd get calls and, and they'd say, Hey, brother Doug, uh, you know, Miss Elsie or Mr. Tom, they were two people who I'd on the list called Doug when I'm dying. You know, my kids are too busy. And I would go stand in there and hold their hands and pray with them as they took their last breath. And many times I watched doctors give these people, you know, their last of their morphine and the last of their Valium that, and they say, you know, there's a very good chance this is going to kick off uh, them seeing God. And, uh, boy, just do what you can do. You don't have to have uh, that church on Main Street. You don't have to have, uh, you know, a radio program. God's going to use you. we got a lady at our church that goes to a nursing home, a lady's nursing home over here, and, and she is one of the most productive people. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times young preachers, and you know this, Doug, that they're yeah. looking for that pulpit. They're looking for that, yeah. that, that desk that they can preach behind or that stage or whatever. And uh, they have overlooked what God wants them. It, it's it's God's not going to just elevate you to to something. There, right. you're going to start in uh, some humble beginnings. And there's honestly, I can't think of better places to preach than than a place like a nursing home or a, a place where uh, that you can you have that audience. And listen, you never know what's going to happen. Wow. There's some awesome things. People get saved, uh, like you said. You can touch lives, or they can be some things. I remember preaching nursing home years ago, and a woman started screaming in the middle of my preaching and she was calling me a heretic and, yeah. um, and, and, and just, uh, some of the teens were with me singing and they, they were laughing cause kind of giggling cause it, 
it scared me to death. But stuff like that will happen. Yeah. And uh, you just never know. So and you just, grow from all that. You do. <laughs> Folks, the time goes by way too fast. Make sure your contacts out there are Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page and drop a PM and, or write me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We want to tell you about the retreat. We want to tell you about things we're doing. Make sure you get a hold of us. Thank you, Pastor Stephen Cox from Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uh, it's been an honor being with you folks today. Yes. May God bless you. With that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.